0: The Crash Site would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we create, the Yagara and Turrab peoples. We also pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was and always will be Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples land. <laughs> I don't even know who Kevin Cosner is, but that was that was
1: He's the... a really famous
0: To have these very serious <laughs> conversations. <laughs> Kevin Kevin cost not Kevin co- cost, cost her
2: dollars. Co- cost, cost her dollars. American actor. He's an American nerd. We're we're jumping straight into gear and today on the Crash Creative podcast we have Zayn
0: Crash <laughs> Yep.
2: Woodley Wood uh Zayd Woodland Snake. Yeah, and we have Tarek, Maverick Jim. Maverick Jim, and I'm Bed Lopkins. And <laughs> that's today it. That's sticky, <laughs> That's sticky,
1: That's it. Now you said it. You vocalized it. Now. Yep,
2: that's my official name. It's me, Bed. And today we're Bed talking Lopkins. about we're talking about beds and utilities. Um, and we're not talking about the utilities you pay for at your house. We're not talking about the utilities of that cushiony thing that you sleep on. We're talking about the utilities as it pertains to NFTs and the future of the art world. Mm. So, I thought we'd start off. What do you guys think? How, how would you define utility? Can we have
1: crickets? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 Crickets. Um... Utility specifically in relation to NFTs.
2: Well, just like in general, like because like, I think I think for a lot of people they hear about NFTs and they go like, oh, why would I buy a JPEG? Like I can just copy that, you know? Mm. Like there's this, it's very there is definitely a a lot of energy around hating on NFTs and what they are. I mean, like it's a very silly thing. Mm. But I don't think I think the biggest thing that the biggest argument for NFTs and what their potential is is this idea of utility. Yeah. So maybe it is around NFTs It's going. When you think about this idea of what utility is and what it can be, how would you explain it to someone that's going, "Oh, I, why would I just pay all this money for a JPEG?" I
1: guess utility is like how what how you can embed um, how you can embed more value. And more options for the consumer or for the audience of an NFT project or for any kind of creative project that you're doing. I think it's taking the artwork or key one step further. What? Sorry, I just <laughs> <key> noises <laughs> happening in the background. I think it's taking the artwork or the project one step further and providing subsequent mm-hmm. services or access to... More projects, more of your work. So, as an example, you could give someone a JPEG or a photograph that can, yeah, it can be copied, but it wouldn't be the original part that mm. that you bought kind of thing, and that is the upside to the blockchain. But um, you could then offer them limited edition shoes that came with that artwork of a pair of laces or something, or you can make an album and give out copies of the album artwork and then embed access to a bonus track so so there's like it's realistically whatever you can think of you can create within utility in like i mean in web 3 but also if you want to think about it irl you can think outside the box when you're providing your audience with art as well so I think that's kind of the exciting part for us as well is this idea that like this is going to change everyone's attraction to web 3 I think it's going to like make everyone have to think creatively and have to think okay what is the most value I can provide my audience with what is the craziest thing I can do or the most niche thing that I can do. And I think it's going to provide a little bit of that competitiveness that also leads to seniors, like we've talked about in previous podcasts. Yeah, yeah.
2: I think you make a really good point there. I think there's a big part here that's about value. And mm-hmm. if you know us personally, you know, we love value. <laughs> I love a good deal. I love a Wednesday wings, $10 a kilo, right? <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I love I love, you know, feeling like my investment in something, you know, I like to feel like I'm getting a good deal. Mm. And so with NFTs, like there's naturally that in the same way with the art market, there's an ability to store wealth Mm. or like have an asset that is worth, I just kicked my water bottle, my apologies. (laughs) There, There is the ability to store, uh, store value in your asset but what utility does is look at this idea of what assets can exist beyond this one physical image or this one digital artifact that is the nft Mm. what does that nft allow you access to and what are the rewards and benefits of holding that nft for a long period of time so that you're both hedging your bets on the value of that individual asset Increasing, mm. just like you would with an artwork. Mm. But there's also additional perks that you get for holding yes. it for longer or having access to it in your wallet. A very specific example maybe, just to throw out is something like a, a membership system like a country club or, you know, there's like all those places where say if you get a membership at a golf club or something, you then get discounts. Every time you come in, you get discounts at the bar, you get discounts like that. That is utility. Mm. You pay up front for a membership to something to get utility
0: later, later and sort of committing yourself to, to that community. Mm. I feel like at its core, it's a two way street Mm. that you're like committing to and opening up between the, Value giver and the value receiver, Mm. but it also reciprocates in that, and then it's also future oriented. Mm. You're investing in in the future of this connection or this thing. A hundred percent, a
2: hundred percent, and it's exactly that, right? It's an investment. Mm -hmm. It's as as a creator, as someone that's building an NFT, you are investing in your community because you're you're laying out a roadmap and you're laying out benefits convincing people of why they should invest in you Mm -hmm. invest in your project Mm -hmm. and so i think you know let's let's tackle it now we'll talk a little bit about the broader sort of utility uses around nfts Mm -hmm. but ultimately where we want to get to in this episode where we want to sort of move this to is as artists as creative people how can we start utilizing this idea of utility in in our creative practice Mm -hmm. whether that is we want to use web3 technology and and build ourselves up on blockchain Or, if we want to just be operating IRL only, but looking at how utility can play into the work we create. Because if you can add more value to your audience, to your consumers, to galleries, to people that are going to invest in your work, if you can add more
0: value to those people, you are going to be worth more to them. Mm. It's always about value exchange. Mm. Mm. Can I just make a point of like investment as well doesn't always have to be financial? Like... especially we've talked about this a lot money is time time is money and how important time is if, yeah. if you're actually interested in an in artist's work and you don't have the money or the means time investing in them mm. and connecting with them is also like quite a valuable resource which will have utility in the long term as well mm. Mm. recognition even yeah. yeah definitely and so I think let's start look like
2: at a very sort of base level, right? We'll start talking a little bit about some NFT projects that we've seen out in the space that encompass some ways in which utility can be embedded into these projects. So the first one is actually not on the list that I sent you guys. Oh um, no. I'm going to I'm going to throw a bit of a spinner in the have works grip. because because I think it's probably one a lot of people have heard about and that's Board Eight Yacht Club. Yeah. So if you've heard about NFTs, you've probably heard about these these jpegs of apes that have been selling for millions of dollars yeah um it's it's quite insane you know they're valued at like a bit as a billion dollar company mm. as in as in the intellectual property that they hold and, the, and what they're building here people are comparing to the next disney Like mm. the infrastructure that's there and that the energy behind it is something pretty phenomenal Now, they were an early NFT project. They weren't the earliest, but they were sort of the first one to really sort of take things to the next level. Yuga Labs, who own them, actually also just acquired CryptoPunks and MeBits, which were some of the earliest projects. So they're also starting to build a bit of an intellectual property
0: empire. Are all these projects on the same um, database? They all on OpenSea, or is it no before this thing existed, or
2: no? So just to just to like define a couple of things, so OpenSea is a marketplace distribution platform. Mm. So any they are some of them are listed on OpenSea, but that's just the marketplace. Yeah. They're all held on the Ethereum blockchain, yep. is where they're built and stored using the CR one twenty token. So. What, what that basically means is then if you, if you have purchased one, I think early on you could purchase one for, for the equivalent of like a couple of hundred bucks, mm. right? So pretty good investment if you've now got a couple sitting with you. <laughs> um, but let's look at some of the utility things that have naturally happened, right? Obviously, the asset itself has exponentially increased in value. Mm. That's awesome. Right? You're going, fantastic. There's probably a couple of people that are just in it for the financial gain. And they're going, brilliant. I've made a couple of hundred thousand dollars doing absolutely nothing. (laughs) There are a lot of other people that have realized there's a lot of additional value here. Mm -hmm. So one of the big things that Yuga Labs did is they gave the intellectual property rights to the individual holders. Which means if you own an ape, you have the intellectual property rights for that ape. Mm -hmm. That is revolutionary. You own a piece of art. Not only do you get all of the utilities that come with it, but you also own the intellectual property rights. So you can create merchandise of it. You can build your own brand using that, you know, using that ape, which people have done. It is it is changing the game and this relationship between artists and consumers. What it also does, I'm gonna I'm tangenting a bit here, so I do apologize because it's so exciting. What it actually does is it builds a new sense of community because the individuals holding these apes feel like they have ownership. Mm. And they can create intellectual property that not only improves their own individual brand of holding that one ape, but the intellectual property naturally is going to contribute back to all ape holders, right? Because they're contributing back to the original brand. Mm. So it's a very smart way to do it is you actually have your community members create content that in turn is going to increase Mm. the amount of content and the, the intellectual property of the entire project. Mm. Right? So everyone's working to improve the, the entire ecosystem. Mm. That's powerful. Mm. Naturally, what this utility has done, just to sort of bookend uh, Board 8 Yacht Club, <laughs> is they then made, gave access to mutant apes. So I can't remember exactly how it went, whether they got primarily minting rights or they, they got airdrop them. Mm. But basically, they got access to also additional mutant apes. Mutant Apes are sort of spin-offs of the original Board Ape Yacht Club, and that meant they also were worth quite a lot of money. They then had a kennel club, which was the dogs of the, of, of the apes, and they also got airdropped and distributed. So not only do they have access to this community, there's also this sort of like Board Ape Yacht Club where they all connect and there's mm-hmm. games and all of these other things that are built into that, but they're actually getting additional assets based off their original investment. Mm-hmm. The last point that this pins down comes to ApeCoin. So if you're in the NFT space, you've probably heard about this. If you're not, you're probably going, Zed, you're throwing so many terms at me, I'm freaking out. (laughs) Um, But fundamentally, what they've done is they've connected their NFT ecosystem and and sort of this setup with a token, Mm. which is ApeCoin. And so ApeCoin, they've launched... Um, oh, it is up right now. <laughs> yeah. It is It is currently sitting at $14.30. Is that Australian or US? Uh, maybe US. I think it might be US. $14.30 US. Man, I wish I put a bit of money <laughs> into that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. Um... <laughs> Let's not get too sidetracked. No, 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 we won't get sidetracked. <laughs> um, no no, 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 it's important to, to look at that. Well, this is how it worked. So they, they came out and they said, All right, we're gonna start building a metaverse. They raised $450 million to build their own Board 8 metaverse, through which their is community? through uh yes, but also through investors. Yeah. Okay. So investors came in, put a bunch of money into there and they went, All the right, we're gosh. gonna build this, right? And that's that's what we're talking about. This is a project that started pretty much from nothing and is now built to where they are raising four hundred and fifty million dollars to build a metaverse. That that's is a lot wild That is a lot of money
0: that's an unfathomable
2: amount of money Right mm. And where that's going to go Right mm. So they've then Built this token Which is going to be the currency Of all interactions Of within that metaverse yep. mm. And can also bleed into other metaverses The way they distributed these coins initially Was if you had a Bored Ape You got 10,000 supply If you had a Mutant Ape You got 2,000 supply yes. Right So if you think about it If you had a couple of Bored Apes sitting there mm you're just getting an airdrop of a couple of hundred thousand bucks. Yeah. At $14 a piece.
1: Just for being a part of the community. Yep. Just
2: for being a part of the community.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? So you're actually getting natural rewards, right? And naturally, the value of that, like, yes, you could, you could go through a series of processes to convert it back to fiat, but you could also hold that and commit to the development of the community, investing back into the community. Mm. Um, and you, you are, I think that token is also going to contribute to how they develop a DAO. So a community system in which they all vote
0: upon the future of that community. Right. Can we just define Fiat and Dow real quick? Uh, DAO, Decentralized Autonomous Organization. I think we did a podcast talking about...
2: We might we might do another deep dive into DAOs because yeah. a lot of people are talking about DAOs as sort of the future of, yeah. of what's happening in the in the NFT and crypto space. Yeah. Um, but fundamentally, if if you're very new to it, you're looking at a new way of of a company structure mm. that is decentralized and that is about the community. It's sort of flatlining the hierarchy. Yeah. So it's about community votes contributing to the overall direction of a company, mm. and then
0: fiat money. I guess like more so money that is recognised in the formal structures that we all are familiar yep. with. So, such as, you know, currencies that are sort of tagged to a country or...
1: Yeah. Mm. And
2: are controlled by the banks. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, banks can print that. or sort of yeah. the Federal Reserve can print them. We're looking at Australian dollars, US currency, all those things. Mm. Um, compared to cryptocurrency, which is not fiat.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Awesome. I know we, we sort of went on a deep dive few was... And yeah, that that was yeah. Um, a little bit
1: of an urban dictionary there. <laughs>
2: yep. Now I'm going to bear with me. I'm going to throw a couple more things out before we, we jump into sort of the broader conversation. Yeah. Stop me if anyone has questions along the way.
1: Yeah.
2: The next one that I want to talk about is Jenkins the valet. And this is actually a project that has been launched from someone who had a board ape that they went, there is an identity behind this board ape. Mm. and they've gone, I'm going to build something. Um, Wait,
1: I know this one. You sent this a while ago. Yeah. yeah. A while ago, yeah, yeah, yeah. when yeah. it was just minting.
2: And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> it it's, it's really cool. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to change the way that uh, stories are written. Mm. Um, and they're trying to kind of expand on this idea of building IP, but then telling stories around it. So they've actually partnered up with Neil Strauss, who's a pretty famous uh, author who wrote The Game um, and a couple of other books. Um, But basically what it was is you could purchase sort of a... It starts off with, like, a ticket, keys, a valet stand, or a yacht to be a part of this community, and they all had a bunch of different utilities and sort of voting structures within this community. Um... What they then came in and did is they sort of built this backstory of Jenkins the valet. Um, it's sort of on their on their website. Um, it's sort of he's sort of saying that like when he was young, his mum and dad left. Uh, his mum left his dad without a word, and and sort of he then started learning about stories. And he was a part, He was the head valet at um, Board Eight Yacht Club, and so it's all of these stories that he's heard. And this first project is him is his tell all book about all of the stories he heard around Board Eight Yacht Club mm. and being a part of it. Mm. So they've then bought in some, some professional writers and they then vote on all of the different proposals of like what genre should the book be, what should happen at this point, which characters are going to be a part of it. Process. So, yeah. So the, the community, community is part of a writer's room. Yeah. That, where they have real votes on what happens with the project mm. and then the project is executed and distributed. Except the room is virtual. Exactly. Um, what's really interesting is they are also going to release the book, uh, through a traditional publisher as well as NFT. Mm-hmm. They're thinking of actually, uh, building them in, sort of trying to blend those two worlds yeah. and then expand that IP further and further. Which is important too, like in this stage of where this technology is all that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're looking, because when you're doing this, we're always talking a lot at another terminology that's probably going to come up a lot when you're looking at NFT projects, um, is roadmap right so what's the roadmap so what's the vision fundamentally is looking at so where is my utility going to take me in the long term Mm. yes i have these votes in these early stages i'm part of this community that's really valuable um and naturally as this project gains traction and the first book say is very successful the tickets to be a part of that community are going to go up in value Mm. because more people want to be a part of it but there's limited supply so there's that aspect but then there's also this idea of well this could keep expanding They could partner with MeBits, another NFT project, and start to tell stories from that perspective. And then all of a sudden you have this whole new creative infrastructure that's building where writers are collaborating with the community to tell stories. Mm. And that's powerful. Mm. And that's something we haven't actually been able to see or have infrastructure to support until, Mm. until now. Because it's built into blockchain technology and there's infrastructure there that's being supported and there's money going into it to actually allow that so it's it's a new way to collaborate mm. it's epic really it's epic yeah. like imagine like imagine even, even like looking at how you could do something like this for other creative mediums mm. you could write a play yeah you know and
1: piece it all together there's so many people doing really similar things with film yes you know and letting people like choose character paths and how the film's even being built kind of thing yeah
0: this actually reminds me of the choose your own adventure books yeah when I was growing yeah. up you know, and, and then actually they changed. They, uh, Netflix did some series where you could do that in. Yeah, Netflix
1: the as well. um that Black Mirror episode. Band of Snatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all like choose your own, and then and then you have like all the die-hard fans who go through and like actually figure out what every single <laughs> yeah. um, pathway possibly is, kind mm. of thing. But it's it's like kind of taking that idea to the next level of not only can you pick what's happening, but you're choosing what those Potential storylines are mm. in the first place but I guess one of my questions would be like how do you think that ride at that virtual writers room would go like do you think there's also the possibility that it could cloud the creative process like do you think there's also a point where it needs to be like okay presenting five different options not so much as okay we're just opening this up to like any idea ever you know
2: i think that's how it operates yeah i think so and i think that's why they brought on like a professional rider like neil strauss yeah is like he kind of steers the yacht you
1: know <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah, know
2: yeah, like yeah. he <laughs> is the one at the helm and then he goes all right now's a really good point or like stage in the creative process to open it up to the community and here's the five options that are possible Mm. that would make sense and keep the story developing Mm. and then everyone votes on those five options and then that slightly helps steer the ship Mm. but it's not like everyone takes turns steering the ship Mm. it's kind of like there needs to be someone at the helm so it's also this relationship between decentralized and there being centralized entities that help direct it and I think that's important. I think, you know, I think there's a big idea of like, yeah, decentralize the future. That's really awesome. But I think there is traditional infrastructure that needs to be a part of that. There yeah. is the need for people to guide things.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and, and I think that's, it's this sort of give and take and this kind of experiment to figure out how it all works. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, naturally, if people have invested money mm. into this project, there is an end and they feel like they know that the more they give to the project the better their returns are going to be you have this this natural community that is going to necessarily see so it's in their best interest to act in the best interest of the whole not mm. the individual yeah because if the whole does well they do well and that is i think the biggest thing here is all of a sudden community is rewarded for helping the project and helping the creative journey move forward yeah so bad actors are actually discouraged from being bad actors because they suffer as well
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that idea of seeing as we talked out talked about a couple of weeks ago where you're sharing the rewards and the the failures as well yeah know? but it's that communal effort towards a single vision yeah. and naturally the more that that grows the more that people come involved and directly have utility the more people will be rewarded Mm.
1: i think it's something that especially within entertainment media people have been crying out for for so long you know like these communities that have such large, large voices and impact on centralized media as well often end up being like the true diehard fans like if you look at marvel universe or like dc universe like all of these large communities that have direct impact on how the final product turns out you know like there's been so many times where there's just been like a public outcry to see like a certain actor in a certain role or whatever or just like uh i don't think that's going the right way or the like in case the sonic the hedgehog yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously like everyone was just like no that's not okay and they they rewrote it you know like i mm. think everyone's realizing that the audience should have impact on what the final product should be especially when you're recreating something that's so beloved as well you know yeah
0: i really like where this conversation is going and it makes me think of the dynamic in a theater or a live music show between the audience and the yeah fans, right yeah i i did have a point there but <laughs> it's it's gone with the wind
2: no but i think i think what it's encouraging is greater intimacy between artists and community mm-hmm. right and this is like i think all three of us agree that We love live theatre. Like, there's something about the live experience. We've rattled on about it in other podcasts, so I won't go into the whole philosophy behind it. But live theatre is truly incredible. And if you don't see live theatre a lot, I really encourage you to go out and, like, experience it for yourself. Try and find the stuff that's off to the fringes and sort of a bit more experimental, a bit more immersive. I think that's really where the power of theatre is. But what's so great about it is there is this, this idea that everyone is invested in a story the suspension of disbelief is immediate. Mm. You can't pause it and go, go to the bathroom or have a drink. Mm. You know, it's like you are fully there and present and these actors are in front of you. Mm. It is tangible. Mm. And, and so there is, a, there is a connection there that I think is unparalleled. Mm. And what we're starting to see is that same kind of investment that you have when you go to the theatre can start to bleed out into these broader communities because you can actually connect with the artists in a Discord. Be having a conversation with them and learning about their process as they're creating something, mm. right? You can be with them as they are releasing a project. Mm. So there's this new level of intimacy and openness, this deeper relationship with not only the artist but your peers who also care about the art. Mm. Yeah, it's a right. forever evolving Q and A session.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, literally, <it> literally, is. <laughs> literally. Yeah,
2: process <laughs> all of a sudden has value, mm. which is so important because. I think, process, and we've spoken about this before, but the value of process over product, I think, wow. is, is infinite. Um, because the process is where there is learning, where there is growth, where an idea manifests and transforms and evolves into something realized. And that is also exciting for audiences. We want to know, how did this come together? Where did these ideas come from? How, you know, what did process enable you to discover? And so I think now what happens is through community building process becomes a core part of an artist's journey and it's valued and it's shared and a community can also be a part of it. Mm. So they feel they have ownership over the final product Mm. and ownership is valuable.
0: It means that people are invested. Mm. There's utility from the consumer in the process and the contribution to that. Yeah exactly
1: Mm. which can spur your own creative ventures like the Jenkins thing you know like (laughs) he's become a part of this community he's fallen in love with this character and he's then gone okay well actually there's a story here and there's a community within this one character you know I think think that's awesome
0: I think that's another important thing as well when I was going through the list of we'll, we'll send a link to the article that we went through of all these different sort of evolving communities is that there are niches and some of them I just was like why would anyone do that you know that mm. but there, but for a particular person that is everything yeah you know? and that's i think the exciting part too is 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 if there's gaps in there like you can acknowledge that and go oh, okay well maybe there's a chance here for me to do something or like build a community there
2: mm. Yeah, it's it's there's a opportunity for specificity mm. and to be unique and to really nail into your niche. Mm. Right? To find people like-minded people and mm. connect with them. It's that idea I think we've spoken on here before. I know we've definitely spoken about it. Kevin Kelly's idea of a thousand true fans. Mm. You know, for the first time ever there's an ability to actually you know bring your a thousand true fans together and give them value for investing in you they can invest in you at the early stages help you fund your early projects and they are rewarded as you are rewarded
1: and i think well i think exactly what you've just kind of said but reworded slightly is that they're also investing in themselves to be a part of these communities and to have conversations with other like-minded people and open them up to more like further opportunities than just being able to be a part of one artist's work
2: so yeah yeah and, and i think like let's maybe tie this out i know we've got a bunch of other nft projects here but maybe we like loop in one last one to properly mm. articulate this point i'm gonna go off script again i'm sorry um why do we
1: write a script I'm i know so i know
2: I, th- I think this is the most <laughs> relevant this is the most relevant project to talk about in relationship to this And people like Gary Vee through friends have done something very similar. But what I want to talk about is Impact Theory, um, run by Tom Bilyeu um, and his wife, Lisa Bilyeu. And it's basically, they released something called the Founder's Keys. And they had three stages of these Founder's Keys. Um, Now, Tom Bilyeu, he started Quest Nutrition. He had a billion-dollar buyout. He made a bunch of money, and then he went, look, I'm going to commit from a very young age he wanted to be a filmmaker but what he realized is his real mission was he wanted he wanted to make sure that everyone had access to a growth mindset before they turned like 20 or something like that so you wanted to create content that was both fiction and non-fiction that focused around that started off with impact theory which was a podcast and sort of a video show on youtube and they built a massive following interviewing some incredible people having deeper conversations they expanded that into Impact University, which is sort of like an online course and program that you become a part of. Um, and they basically then built these Founders Keys. And they're starting to build... They want to be the next Disney. Mm. So, and they're really interested in the into, like, cartoon um, and, and comics and that kind of thing. And they've had a couple of projects with people like Steve Aoki working on projects like that. But mm. fundamentally, these Founders Keys, level one, pretty much gives you, like... Partial, like access to the university and sort of as a contributor and access to like whitelist mintings and all of that for the future of all of the projects they're doing. Mm. Now, they are a Web2 company that is completely pivoted to Web3. They're not dabbling in it. The second that basically they heard about NFTs establishing, they shifted everything. They're now yeah. a Web3 company. Yeah. The middle stage, I can't remember the exact specifics on what's on offer, but where it gets really interesting is this top tier. Now, the top tier they're a bit more expensive You get, you basically everyone is getting airdropped every time new NFTs come out so you no longer need to buy them but you get either primary minting rights or you actually get airdrops so every time they work on a new project and imagine they are like Disney so they're working on all these different projects mm. building IP you get airdropped them mm. but so if you're yeah
0: so that's what airdrop is in the space of NFTs. yes yes
2: so an airdrop is basically like a gift yeah. Right, so they have your, your wallet address yeah. and you've already purchased something in there, and then they can basically build it in where they then airdrop you um, another NFT. Yeah,
1: you don't have to have an Apple product to get airdropped. And it's not a helicopter.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a physical airdrop, it is a digital airdrop <laughs> where you open up your wallet and you've been given something additional. Cool. Right, which could have significant value. It's like Christmas. Well, it's like those eight coins. Everyone has yeah. airdrop those eight coins in yeah. a way you know? So yeah, it's like, it's like Christmas all year round, built on a roadmap. (laughs) Whoa, NFTs are crazy. (laughs) Um, But fundamentally the the coolest part of this legendary token, so their highest level of involvement is it includes the right to partner. What this means is that as impact theory is building the infrastructure, um, as they're building new IP, they're, pitching things to netflix they're trying to scale their projects if you hold that legendary key you have a right to come up with ideas Mm. around that ip and pitch it to the team and possibly get funding through impact theory and in partnership with impact theory to produce new content with them so as an artist or a storyteller you can actually get that key and then be working not be employed by Impact Theory, but be working on ideas around it and then try and partner with them on projects that leverage their IP and take it to the next level. What's really interesting is that this all started because Tom Billlie at Impact Theory wanted to get the IP to the matrix. Mm. He went into Warner Brothers who hold it, and he basically went, "Look, I want don't give me the main characters, don't give me the sort of traditional ken- Canon, right? I'll give me a couple of spin-offs. Let me build up my own version of The Matrix that exists in the same world, but it's a different computer system. Mm-hmm. And let me start telling stories that way because Matrix was one of his favourite movies that had the biggest impact on him. And they basically wouldn't buy it. <laughs> they were like, no, it's too hard. Here's all the things that needs approval, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And he went, I don't want us to be limited by that in that same way. Mm-hmm. I want people to have access to our IP and build on it. Just like the Board Ape Club is giving people that right writes their own IP yeah. as a legendary card holder. You can contribute to this IP and partner with the studio. Mm. That is revolutionary. And if you look at their trajectory of where they're going, mm. um, you can see that this is going to have, you know, incredible upside, incredible potential. Mm. Like, I'm putting it out there, the craft site is going to have one of those legendary keys eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look. Like, we're going to work to get one of those because Impact Theory is a company that is doing incredible things in this space Mm. and they're building infrastructure for their community Mm. right Mm. and and they're talking about like these keys you know it doesn't expire this holds on as they develop right if they become the next disney and you're holding that key the value of that is going to be absolutely incredible so you're investing in the future of a company you're investing in the intellectual property that they're developing and knowing that you have stakes in it Mm. that is absolutely incredible Mm.
1: Access seems to be such a common utility amongst the Web3 infrastructure.
0: And it's all transparent. Yeah. It's built in. the brilliant.
1: And it's one of the main things, like the other week when we were talking about what we didn't like about the current art community and how you get started within the industry as an emerging artist, we were like one of the biggest things that we were talking about was access, access to mm. resources you know, and the fact that you can have direct access to industry leaders within a new space to not only be a part of their conversation but potentially lead a conversation with them yeah, game changing mm.
2: it's massive mm. It and, and I think it changes a lot of perspectives in the traditional art world in the traditional creative industries because it goes well how how does this transform my practice so i think you know i it makes me think a lot about um and i've been reading a little bit more in in sort of like film theory and like media theory recently um because it's something i'm really interested in and a lot of the early textbooks around media theory have been predicting um decentralized creative practice Mm -hmm. which is wild (laughs) Um, but that's a whole nother story, so we're gonna leave <laughs> it. But one of my favorite you know, it's it's if, if you've studied media theory, if you've done a liberal arts degree, you probably know this the name Marshall McLuhan. Marshall McLuhan was a media theorist, he was very, very prominent sort of in the I think like seventies, eighties, that kind of actually it might be even earlier sixties. Apologies, I don't have that off the top of my head. But he he's sort of famous for this quote, um, the medium is the message. And fundamentally what that comes down to at least from my perspective, is that the medium of transferring information, the medium of creativity, the medium of connection and engagement and community building is the point, is the message. Mm. The medium holds value. The medium is part of the way that we are expressing ourselves. Mm. It's what makes art forms different from one another. The medium is significant, right? So the medium we choose is real you know actually builds builds the infrastructure for how we communicate Mm. and so in this new world of web 3 the question i sort of want to ask to us and sort of more broadly to an audience as you're thinking about this is ask yourself what is the medium of nfts Mm. of blockchain creativity you know of this decentralized creative infrastructure what is the message in that medium so when you're creating work i think you know if you're doing it just for money you're at the wrong you're on the wrong podcast i'm sorry like if you think you can make a quick buck and that this is about flipping things and that kind of thing i just don't think this is the space for you that's not what we're interested in we're interested in long-term community building the development of creative practices that are sustainable for artists and audience Mm -hmm. but fundamentally we need to look at this new infrastructure and go this is a new medium of expression this is a new way of creating and connecting And so what is the message of that medium? We need to think very deliberately and consciously of how we're using this technology. Mm -hmm. And so what I sort of want to open up to us now is, you know, how do you think this idea of the medium is the message um, ties into the connection between utility in, in real life art world and Web3? The fact
1: that the utility is such a large part of the medium right is that you're kind of you're just saying that it's an open space like you were screaming at the user or the audience that just being a part of this space or just using this infrastructure means that you're open to having a say within the space you know like you can build whatever you want so the message is that it's like open
0: feel like you still have to respect the medium, and mm. like I feel mm. that with most traditional artistic mediums, there's a history there that you can learn about and you can delve deep into. Whereas this is like quite new, right? Mm. So I think we need to be there along the way at every point, learning about the medium before we can start to understand how it how it operates, both as its own medium and in interaction with IRL mediums as well Mm. and maybe the thing is is that it's just basically enhancing or providing a bit more of head head room for these mediums to expand
2: into Mm. yeah and i would say off of that what the gap seems to be of what this new medium allows Mm. in relationship to other mediums of expression and creativity and community building is it allows utility it allows creators and creatives to embed utility into their work. Mm. that is what this new technology is allowing fundamentally and I think as artists, whether you want to use blockchain and NFTs or not, you want to work separately, utility is you know fundamentally, I believe is the next stage of creative practice
1: mm.
2: How do you connect with the community how do you provide value and utility to your collectors? to your audience mm. I think we've covered a lot of things today so we don't need to delve too much deeper into mm. that but that I think is, is this final point of going how can you as a creator embed utility into the work you create so that you can build deeper connections deeper relationships and you can collaborate better with other people
0: perfect perfecty <laughs> yeah. cool well thank you for listening to episode 27 27 baby I oh, no, said creative? 26 just then
1: well if makes... you
0: said that you would be wrong Tara well it's I because know. that hasn't been uploaded yet so oh but. no yeah <laughs> <laughs> we're changing the upload on the podcast yeah. you're now listening pretend, uh, any day of the week I guess it depends on when you listen to but we're shifting the upload date to a later date to allow process
2: yeah yeah. a little bit more time to get things sorted and make sure we can deliver the highest quality podcast we can the yep. podcast will be coming out on Fridays from now on and yeah also I know we promoted a lot please join our discord join the discord uh, come Just be a part of the it. conversation make sure you're following us on socials at the underscore crash site um, we're going to be chasing that full the crash site name You know it as we build, as we establish ourselves. But in these early stages, we're looking for people to be a part of this. You know, we're looking to build utility in the work we do. We're looking to create more. We're looking to share more. And we have some exciting stuff coming up. So if you're out there, if you're creative, what you can do is you can subscribe to this podcast. You can share it with some friends. Like that's, that's all we ask is that if you enjoyed something, if you found something valuable here, if you can share this with a friend, like it helps so much. Mm. It helps build our community. Mm -hmm. So share it with a friend. And if you want to learn more, if you want to engage with us a little bit more, jump on our Discord. Do it. You're amazing. We hope you have a beautiful day. And we will see you next week for another Crash
0: Creative Podcast.
2: Bye. 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 Bye.
0: Hello.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, don't say that. No.